All right. I saw you moving your hips. I saw it. <laughs> That's the Ray Brown trio, and of course, Ray Brown on bass with mistreated but undefeated blues. I love that title. Of course, uh, apart from Ray Brown on bass, you have Gene Harris on piano and King Derrick on drums. This is Lead Stories. I'm Eutrice Lead. Glad to be back with you. I hope you had a restful weekend and uh, you re-scrambled your brains just in time to deal with the program. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what are we going to be talking about today is uh, a very strange kind of politics that's, you know, I, I don't know what to make sense. I don't know how to make sense, I should say, of what's going on in politics these days. I really don't know. Um, it's one of those things where you just have to go with the flow because you can't believe it is so insane, and it is insane. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been banned, banned, I tell you, from receiving the Catholic Sacrament of Holy Communion in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Yeah, let me repeat that. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been banned from receiving the Catholic Sacrament of Holy Communion, communion in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Its conservative Cardinal Cordelione has confirmed that this is in fact is true. He confirmed it over the weekend. Pelosi, a lifelong Catholic who lives in San Francisco has been banned from receiving communion because of her support for women's reproductive rights, including abortion, the Cardinal said, noting that the church opposes such a policy. A spokesman for the church said Pelosi was informed of her communion ban by letter. Right away, you know, you, you, what else is going to be considered uh, part of the course in politics? This has got to be the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, why is that supposed to be national news? And why is the church of all things, why is the church indulging in this kind of macabre, uh, just fascination with people and what they do in their private lives? And in this case, punishing somebody for their own po political views. So we'll talk today, uh, you'll talk today, because I'm interested in what you are thinking about it. What is the significance 
of the cardinal's action. What is the significance of the cardinal's action? What do you think are the pros and cons of this fallout? President Biden, who is also Catholic, as you know, supports a woman's right to choose, but no action has been taken against him. Is this some kind of a double standard, or is this just plain stupidity and manufacturing a new story to hold people's attention? What's your reaction to this? Why should we even know that this has happened? This is a person's private religious business. Why are we in this? Why is the church sinking to such a low level? And what is this business of banning people because of what they think? I mean, I, it's so wrong on so many levels. I can't figure out what what is the logic here. And I'm hoping maybe you can guide me out of this labyrinth because I just don't get it. Share your thoughts at 888-874-4888. What is this nonsense? Is everybody going crazy all of a sudden this political season? Let's say the church has a problem with Nancy Pelosi's position, public position. So sit down and talk to her about it. Why do you have to have news conferences and, and you know, so that you could wag the finger of blame in her face in public <laughs> and give people the impression that she is just an evil person for thinking whatever it is she's thinking? Why is it your business? You know, why is a church obsessed with people's business? This is a private business. You would think that the church would be concerned about errant priests who sexually abuse children. Yeah, go ahead and investigate that. Or steal money from the parish. Investigate that. But a woman who has been in office for quite some time and who one assumes is entitled to express her views, you know, from time to time, she's a public official, you get into this banning business. Now, you see, this could work both ways. If you're banning her from receiving the sacrament of uh, communion, I fully expect that the church will now conduct wide-ranging investigations into stolen money, 
money stolen from the parish by various parishes by priests. I imagine the the church will conduct a thorough investigation, as I said, into the sexual subjugation of young children by sick priests. Expose that. Ban that. I expect the church will undertake a number of long overdue investigations. Its own racism. I would expect the church will now be very zealous in investigating that. But anyway, let's hear what you are thinking. 888-874-4888. This has got to be the most, the, the stupidest act of a, an institution that I could think of. And the meanness of it, the intention here is to destroy Nancy Pelosi. Now, I'm not a, a Nancy Pelosi fan. But this is just so low. It is so bad. It looks bad. It looks mean-spirited. There are so many things if you're going to investigate in the church. If the church is really willing to investigate, there are lots of things to investigate and ban Go ahead and ban those things. How do you feel about this? Should Nancy Pelosi, for whatever the reason, but the reason is pretty stupid, as it tells us, that uh, the reason is that she has voiced, she has dared to express her opinion about... uh, how the church is dealing with this issue of, I just hate even talking about this, because it's just so useless in a way. We shouldn't be talking about this and from the venerated Catholic church. And of course, ban sexism, by the way, while you're at it. It's like all the priests and um, Officials of the church have ganged up and decided, let's make an example of Nancy Pelosi. How is this going to backfire, do you think? 888-874-4888. What do you say? There's so many things that, that could have been done instead. And in any event, if they wanted to deal with this, handle it differently. Have a private meeting and talk about the discomfort that she has caused or is causing the church. And, you know, you you figure it out. Figure a way out of this. But this is just stupid. (laughs) This is really stupid. 
um, my late cousin was Catholic priest. He was a perfectly fine Anglican boy. Very nice guy. He was my tutor, actually. And then he decided to change and he became a Catholic. And then he became a special emissary to the Pope. And his duties were to keep an eye on developments, especially political, social, and economic developments in Central and South America. He was very, very taken with the the way people were suffering. Very taken with it. In fact, he died there, living and working among the people, trying to alleviate their suffering every single day. So when I saw this self-serving article about Nancy Pelosi being barred from having communion, it was just so trite. It was so simple, simplistic, actually. It was just so unnecessary. So I read it in the way I just described. I read it that they meant to destroy her. And again, I'm not a Nancy Pelosi fan, but to sink this low as a world organization, a world institution, when she is voicing her own opinions about things, this is really bad. And if I had my druthers, I would start painting up my signs right now. <laughs> Henry from Chicago, what are you thinking? Greetings, Yutrif. I hope all is Thank well you. with you. All is well. All right, all right. So except this you know, development here. <laughs> So as you know, I am an admitted practicing Catholic. Um, uh, don't no, ask me is why. It time, is it time you get that bright? Why are you still practicing it? You should be perfected by now. <laughs> but, but the whole, but one of the reasons why I'm still in it because, uh, you know, in my position at my parish and also uh, within the Archdiocese of Chicago, if I am able to confront and challenge some of these bishops and even the cardinal himself about issues that, you know, th- that issues that matter in particularly in the black Catholic community. So that's why I'm still in this fight. But going to the topic at hand in regard to the archbishop uh, in San Francisco who has uh, basically banned Nancy Pelosi from receiving the the, the blessed sacrament of the Eucharist. Uh, it's basically just a plan to, first of all, weaponize uh, the sacred sacrament and also to, 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 to politicize this. And, you know, it, 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 
it, it speaks to it speaks to the the uh, what's going on in the Catholic Church now because right now the Catholic Church is going through a schism of you know uh, people drawing lines uh, between conservatives and liberals. Um, many of the bishops who are conservative and they're conservative by nature are trying to direct uh, many of the Catholics who are leaning towards the liberal sense to come back to its traditional Vatican I, uh, I guess, uh, way of thinking, which is listen to your bishops, listen to your cardinals, because they're always right. And many of us in the Catholic Church are calling BS, as you had presented, you know, about the... uh, about the, uh, the the child sexual scandal in the in, in, you know in in the Catholic Church, that hasn't been resolved, and they are making a poor demonstration of resolving that. This is one of the issues, and you brought in a couple of others that we would like the institution to to handle. So, in a sense, it is just basically just weaponizing this, politicizing this. And not really taking into account the necessity of, of of resolving these other issues because there, you know, for one, I think this also goes beyond just the Catholic Church. Uh, this also uh, uh, aligns with conservative evangelical uh, Christian evangelicalism, who also take this position of, of 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 this abortion issue. But it also speaks to what they're trying to do is they're trying to and this, they're poorly doing this, they're trying to moralize this issue of abortion. And they're trying to moralize it in the sense of, well, if you believe in abortion, then you don't believe in, 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 in life. You don't believe in, 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 in the teachings of the church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is also an attempt to, uh, you know, to, to try to, play on the religious consciousness of the people, which I think they're doing a very poor job of if, you know, if you're a critically thinking uh, person, and also a spiritually thinking person, because like you said, even if you think that this is a moral issue, and even if you think that one of your prominent members of the church, which is Nancy Pelosi, and this is the reason why they did this press conference, because of the position Nancy Pelosi is in, you know, she is a she is a, a, a very, uh, you know, she's a very prominent member of Congress, and she has a name out there. So the whole idea of this is to basically, um, it's basically to maximize this, this opportunity, you know, to, you know, to, to, uh, to bring this issue as a moral issue and to make an example of somebody. And like I, you know, just like you, I'm not a, big fan of Nancy Pelosi, but they're, make, they're trying to make an example of her. Because the Catholic Church uh, wants people to, they want to direct people to a certain set of political ideas. But yet, uh, one of the things that, that, was, that was more prominent uh, last week, when the Bishop of Buffalo, who tried to uh, uh, garner a response uh, to the mass shooting of the white terrorists in Buffalo, New York last week, he got a lot of flack from a lot of people stating that his statement 
didn't have anything about racism or white supremacy in it, but just basically pray for the victims, which we, you know, which we did, but actually condemning the attacks as racist and white supremacists. And then one of the victims uh, of the Buffalo shooting is a practicing Catholic. So he got a lot of flack for that as well. So this is an attack on a lot of these conservative bishops and cardinals uh, who, who are out here uh, 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 falsely representing the, the, the ideas uh, uh, of, the Catholic, of the people of the Catholic Church who are living in this time today. Okay. Do you think there was another way to handle this instead of just basically declaring war on Nancy Pelosi and doing so publicly and doing so in a manner that uh, challenges, challenges her as a person, as a Catholic, and as a public official? Uh, of course. I mean, obviously, you had mentioned it about, you know, why don't why don't you why don't you personally have a meeting with her, and and talk about this and 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 walk through this instead of just just automatically declaring Nancy Pelosi, you know, uh, a heretic is what basically this is what this is what it is, you know. So instead of just you know coming to the table and saying, "Hey, Nancy, I think we need to talk." And then at that point, you know, see what's out there. But yeah, basically, we're going back to the old, uh, the you know, the old pre twelfth century, thirteenth century, of you know, <laughs> declaring heretics uh, against the church. And for political reason, does it strike you as odd that there's so much? In, in involved and invested in attacking Nancy Pelosi, but not Joe Biden, who is who is also Catholic. There's no attack by the church officials against him and for his position, and yet there is this virulent attack against Pelosi. Yeah, but there were there were talks and attempts of doing the same thing to Joe Biden. Uh, it never it it never uh, it never uh, materialized in what is happening to Nancy Pelosi uh, because of the fact that you know Joe Biden being a resident of uh, of Washington D.C. and what's interesting is the current resident the current Archbishop of of the Washington D.C. diocese is Wilton Gregory, who is uh, the first cardinal in the United States. And he is, uh, he is one of the few, if not the only one, who does not take this position of weaponizing uh, the Eucharist because of, because of your thoughts on, uh, of, the, uh, of the abortion issue. Well, you got us started. Thank you so much. Thank you, Henry, for calling in. Jackie from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, good afternoon to you and the listening good family. Afternoon. And thank you, Henry, thank you. for um, leading us off. I am not a Catholic, but I am a Protestant minister. 
I've said that before. I'm bivocational. I have a secular job. But I wanted to say a couple things. Um, the church missed the mark with this because um, pastorally, you've already talked about that. They should have called her in and spoken to her privately as a pastor. They're pastors as well as church leaders. That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, for people who are not Catholic, the uh, Eucharist is a very serious issue for Roman Catholics as well as Protestants. But even for Roman Catholics, I think personally it's even more serious because they believe that the Eucharist is the actual becomes the actual body of Christ. So what the the church is saying to to her is that she's banned from being in communion at the communion table with Christ. And um, this ties into the historical significance of the Roman Catholic Church and their attitude towards women. Women cannot be ordained in the church. Uh, There is a movement for women to be ordained as deacons, but as far as I know, that hasn't even taken place. So uh, that's another issue. What is the attitude of the church towards women? Uh, Politically, I think it's uh, it may be a, a signal, signaling to um, far right voters and uh, indirectly telling people or suggesting to people how they should vote on this issue and um, presenting Nancy Pelosi as some kind of uh, you know um, I don't know what you would call her, but I'm talking about from the church political point of view. It, it casts yes. her in the light of being some kind of a revolutionary, which is far from that. Um, I agree with everything you said, but there's also, recently this morning, I read online that the Southern Baptists have been exposed, and they've haven't, uh, they don't have a good track record either. They constantly move Baptist ministers around that were accused of molesting children and uh, other sexual sexual acts against women, and they didn't notify the churches that they were transferring the uh, ministers to. So the executive branch of the Southern Baptists is also being exposed. And, and uh, what bothers me is that people, pe- not people, organizations, uh, they want to try to uh, link Jesus into this. But as far as I'm concerned, Jesus was a revolutionary. And that's why he went in the temple temple and turned the tables over. Not because he wanted to be accepted or wanted, a, you know, a certain political party to back him. Uh, this is very serious for Nancy Pelosi. And politically, I think it's very serious for people in this country who may not be um, deciding how they want to vote. So I think it also sends a, a very serious political message to people that are on the fence or they look to the church for direction on you know, what, how they should think politically. Um, can I say one more thing, Eutrice? Sure, sure. Okay. There was a bishop, Oscar Romero, who is the uh, uh, yes. South American founder of Liberation Theology. And uh, some of the things you were saying today, I, I could see you 
signing up for that when you, especially when you share with us about your cousin, um, that, you know, thinking people, uh, God welcomes thinking people. And uh, there's no reason for any of us to walk around with blinders on and listen to what other people have said. In every denomination, there's been domestic violence, there's been child abuse, there's been um, thievery of money and funds, and it just goes on and on. And until such time as people think for themselves and challenge the status quo or challenge the authorities, we're always going to have these problems. But the sad part is that, that innocent people are hurt, children are hurt, families are hurt. But in terms of Nancy Pelosi, I don't know what she's going to do in terms of her religious practices. But we have um, Supreme Court justices who are Catholic. As you pointed out, the president is Catholic. So I don't know if this is trying to send a message to all other Catholics in um, high places. But allegedly, in this country, it's supposed to be separation of church and state. So I don't know how they how they're going to explain that either. So those are my thoughts, and it's a great question. I didn't hear about that this morning. I was reading about the Southern Baptist Executive Committee, and so and also the price gouging on the uh, infant formula. So anyway, oh, we'll talk. Yeah. About, I'll talk about that on Friday. <laughs> All right, but have a wonderful day, and thank you for the question. Thank you for calling in and contributing today. Thank you. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Utrish. Well, Hello. You're near and dear to my heart, my friend, uh, because, because my family is half Catholic and half Protestant. The Catholics are so Catholic that they don't use birth control. My uncle has 13 children. <laughs> And my mother is practically the head of the abortion rights. <laughs> and they are sister and brother, okay? But my mom's uh, grandparents uh, were Protestant and Catholic. And when my uh, grandfather, uh, great-grandfather, was dying, on his deathbed, the priest said, we will not be burying you with your wife unless you convert right now before you die. And he had to convert in order to be buried with his wife. And that's how strict the Catholic Church was. So I, I think that Right now, it's a power play. Uh, I think the church is in a, feels it's in a great position because they finally got something. They finally got this win. And after all of the dirt that they've had to endure because they did the dirt, now they, they're coming back up and they're, they're, you know, putting their head up and shining up to the sky and saying, we're going to fix your feet. Now we're going to stand on this very righteous ground that we think we own, and the court has said we did the right thing, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to kick you out of this church. Well, at least this part, she's not kicked out. But I think what people that are our age don't remember, what my parents do, is how very, very strict the church was. Uh, when I was a little kid, you know, I can't tell you how many arguments my parents got in with their friends their, in their social group because they were Catholic and mom and dad were Protestant, and there were very, very strict rules. I mean, my mom went to a Catholic church one time, and the priest said, you may not take communion with us because you are not Catholic. You need to go sit back down. And it was humiliating. I've been to weddings where we were not allowed to participate in the communion at the wedding ceremony because we were not Catholic. So I am not surprised in the slightest bit that he's using this this one firm decision they got to try to gather a little bit of light for the Catholic Church, being that it's been buried 
under its own fruition, all these cases against these children. And now they're trying to, you know, come back out and, and say, uh, here we are and, and make a, a power play. What do you think the possible fallout will be over this? Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there will be a fallout. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think there's going to be fallout. I think there's actually going to be something that's um, uh, good, that something else will attach itself to this. As a matter of fact, it, it, it won't. It's not a fallout. It's something that they're going to build on. They're going to start building on it. And so, um, you know, and, and I think Pelosi and Biden find themselves in a weird position. They are both Catholic, and they are both very uh, proud Catholics. And so I, wouldn't, I really wouldn't be surprised if the church uh, went to the next step of admonishing the president. And, you know, from where they sit, they have every, uh, every right to do so. Because for years they've had to endure the church and the speaker and all these public figures saying, I'm a good Catholic, but. And now that the court has made their decision, I think they feel like they're really sitting on solid ground here. This is a solid ground uh, of saying you know, they've officially come out against abortion. They're trying to ban it in every single form. They're even coming after birth control. And this is the church's, uh, uh, you know, a moment they've been waiting for for a long time because, you know, Churches have lost so much with these cases. Uh, it's in one case after another. They've lost uh, all kinds of their, of their reputation, but they've also lost a lot of their money and a lot of their buildings. They've sold so many churches and, and, uh, and, and demolished them to try to make money for the cases because they don't want to give up anything in Rome. They don't want to actually pay out of their own you know, bank account in Rome. So they, they have given a lot up in their reputation. They deserved it. They shouldn't have been doing it. But um, I think in the court of public uh, sentiment, you know, uh, just regular everyday people, I don't. I think people are going to see this as a joke. I actually think people are going to see it a lot the way you saw it. Like, what are you talking about? Because you know, if uh, people only like really look back, unless you're saying really in your life that you remember, but like people look back maybe you know over the last year or two years, and it's not on our radar screen anymore that people behave like this. But it was very much on the radar screen of my great-grandparents, my grandparents. i got to tell you something, Dutrice. The, the wars between my grandmother and grandfather were tremendous because my grandfather was a devout Catholic. He did not believe in birth control, and my grandmother did not want to have any more children. Four was a lot for her. It was a depression, and it put a lot of strain on their marriage. But he was a devout Catholic, and, and it put a lot of... Uh, pressure. So, you know, things that we don't think about today, that they're not even on our radar screen. I don't think people uh, today understand the huge tentacles the church had in this country for many, many years, I would say right up till the mid-1960s, where they were in your bedroom. They were in everything. And, uh, you know, they were in your bedroom, they were deciding your funerals, they were deciding who you were going to marry. And so, uh, I think around the 1970s, many people jumped off the church train saying, you know what? You're all a bunch of hypocrites. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, it's sort, sort of even my own fact now. My, my good uncle who, you know, wouldn't use birth control. Well, I'll tell you something. You know how many times the, the N-word popped out of his mouth? No problem there. No problem with being prejudiced. None at all. But I'm a good, holy, devout Catholic. So, 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 so many people look at people, people like that, the church teaching themselves, and they say, I'm out of here because you're full of crap. 
But the only thing I will leave everybody with is, as far as church and God and stuff like that, I just want to say this, that one time I listened to a minister I thought really uh, had kind of got to the conclusion when it came to the hypocrisy thing when people go to church. You know, you hear one thing and everybody does something else. Well, as my minister said, you know what? God accepts us for the flawed beings that we are. He knows we are hypocrites. And, and he still accepts us for being hypocrites, and, and, and we're happy to have you here today, hypocrite or not. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I thought that was a good interpretation, because even for myself, many, many years ago, I left the church. I left it, uh, you know, for all the, you know, it was just too hypocritical. And then later on, I, you know, after my husband died, it was something I had to go back to. I felt like I needed to go back to. It does bring spiritual relief, but you have to take what you need and leave the rest in, in, in many instances. But I don't think anyone should, ha- should ever underestimate, particularly the Catholic Church. It's a powerful force. They are their own city in the Vatican. Uh, they are, you know, separate from other countries. They have their own bank. So don't underestimate. You can count them out because of this, uh, or down because of this, uh, uh, a thing with the priests, but I wouldn't count them out. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for that uh, very elaborate explanation. Thank you very much. Peter from New York, you're on the air. What do you think of the situation? Hi, Eugene. Um, thanks for um, bringing this up. I'm surprised you're very well-informed, educated listening audience have not mentioned this simple um, coincidental uh, happening, something that's going on, has been going on for a while now. Um, Pelosi has been campaigning for Henry Henry Cuellar of Texas. He is apparently the only anti-abortion House Democrat. And so I think uh, the Cardinal coming up out against um, Pelosi is his effort to, he he sees her as um, potentially more pro-Catholic and perhaps potentially more anti-abortion because he, she is, has been campaigning for Coyier. So I think it's political pressure on his part. Yes, but political pressure or no, we still come down to the fundamental business of a person expressing a point of view. And the church, having zero tolerance for that, it's as if to say, you will clear with us what you think before you make it public. Is is this a church that you know? Uh, I wasn't part of the Catholic Church. I was raised as a no, Methodist. But, I mean, in, in terms of what is available uh, as general knowledge about the Catholic Church, do you... Do, you, do know, you... I was raised in Virginia, and um, I didn't know until I was uh, in my late teens that some of my friends had been Jewish and some had been Catholic, because in my part of Virginia, it was so monotheistic that everybody it was just assumed everybody was protestant so i you know i couldn't represent myself as being expert on catholics except that i have noticed that they that the church 
does try to be very controlling. And I found found it interesting. I heard this mention of this a little bit earlier, and I looked it up. Six of the uh, justices, Supreme Court justices, are Catholic. Even Amy Coney Barrett. I didn't. I thought she. I just assumed she was uh, Protestant. But um, so I think that's part of the reason why we're in this fix that we're in with. Uh, the Supreme Court about to uh, make abortion, relatively speaking, illegal. Um, so, I mean, we, but you know, it's not simply the Catholic Church. It's, it seems as though it's every part of our, of our organizations, every, uh, are to some degree controlled by what I'm assuming is the CIA, basically the, the government is constantly putting pressure on all sorts of groups, all sorts of organizations to be more conservative, more right-wing than, than they would be otherwise. So immigrant groups, for instance, um, who come into this country and continue to uh, be in touch with their fellow immigrants, they become more conservative, more right-wing than the country that they came from, you know, with the, with the, except possible, with the exception of uh, Ukraine, of course, which is extremely Nazi. But um, so those are my ill-formed observations <laughs> of what I've seen in the recent past. And what I'm observing well, thank at this you. time. Sure. Thank you for contributing to the discussion today. Oh, I really you. appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Uh, no, it's, it's really something. I mean, normally, who, nobody really stops to think about what is this church saying? What is that temple saying? What is the other congregation saying? Uh, we don't stop to think that because we say, you know, that's religion is a private choice that a lot of people make. Um, and in making that choice, they make a lot of other choices according that are informed, I should say, by their religious understanding. But when you have something this outrageous, I mean, you just have to dispense with the idea that these are Catholics behaving this way. The fact is, we now get to deal with the, the bottom line. And the bottom line is, a woman who happens to be in office uh, for many years, she is a Speaker of the House, and she is Catholic, but she has a an opinion about something that is currently uh, at issue. She expresses her view, and then is assaulted because she expresses of her view. 
And now it's gone beyond that to banning. I want to remind you, this is banning the Speaker of the House. How do you do that? And still claim that you believe in democracy and, you know, you, you're, you understand people and you, you're fair-minded and all this other kind of stuff. It, it seems like a very low blow. And it seems so vindictive, it almost borders on being evil. What What is the necessity to conduct yourself that way? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, and then to lean on your own so, so-called authority as a cardinal or a, basically a high officer of the church and you think that that's okay. And you it doesn't even occur to you that you have basically uh, betrayed the, the, the stature that the church enjoys worldwide when you behave like this. And I think it's outrageous. At the same time, it is also sexist. The president of the United States is a Catholic. They haven't attacked Joe Biden like this uh, based on their so-called religious beliefs, but they certainly have gone after Nancy Pelosi. I think that is, and again, I'm not a member of the fan club of Nancy Pelosi, but jeez, this is just really bad news to have this now stand as your your position, your political position, expressing your political slash religious power. Uh, not good. Not good at all. Okay. Let's see if we have any additional callers coming in. Something is going wrong with my system here, and uh, it's not like I'm skilled at fixing things, but we'll see. 888-874-4888 is the number to call. We have room for you. Hello? I just heard somebody. Marcus from Wisconsin, you're on the air. Uh, uh, I hope you're well. Um, excellent Thank discussion. You. Uh, I Thank just you. wanted to uh, uh, get on the tail end of uh, Gwen's excellent points. Um, I have some experience with this loony church. Um, I was raised um, for the first eight years of my life in grade school. I was educated in a Catholic school in my hometown. Uh, The education I got, I thought, was superb, but the religious element, of course, was heavily leaned on. This was in the mid-60s. You had to go to church every day. 
And uh, I was already what they now call a collapsed Catholic by, oh, probably the sixth grade, um, because uh, it, it became apparent to me what I later found out was said a million times better by Napoleon. Uh, religion is wonderful stuff for keeping people in line. And that's its function. Whatever one's spirituality, whatever that is, may be, uh, the social function of a church is to keep people in line, to discipline their behavior along certain lines. And I wouldn't defend Nancy Pelosi. Um, I, I, I wouldn't spit on her if she was on fire myself. But uh, there are plenty of things she should be banned from. But um, in, in this circumstance, uh, you're dealing with the Catholic Church. I mean, molesting children uh, and abusing people is a practice that's been going on for many, many centuries in this institution. Um, uh, they burned witches for 600 years. This, this is the same bunch. They're, they survive somehow, um, and uh, they still keep, by the way, they're among the greatest book burners in history, if not the greatest, um, and they keep what is called the, still in the Vatican, um, the Biblio Prohibitorum, which is the longest list of banned books. Most of the classics of Western literature are on it. Um, uh, that it is forbidden for Catholics to read or have any truck with. So the remedy for this is in the Constitution of the United States. No, nobody ever brings this up that I hear. Um, there is supposed to be a separation of church and state. That's, that, that's enumerated in the Constitution. And if you want to put an end to this sort of thing, uh, politics from the pulpit, which is what this is, basically, the churches have a tax-exempt status. End that. Start taxing them like any other corporation, and believe me, this practice will end, because... The Vatican Bank, for instance, uh, as Gwen rightly mentions, which is an enormous centuries-old financial empire, um, uh, it's worth looking at the history of it, will put an end to this practice if it looks like they're going to have to cough into the public, to the public trough. So the solution to this is easy. Um, but I doubt any politician would have the gumption to take it up. So. Hmm. If, where would you look for a glimmer of hope about such a movement taking hold or people coming to this consciousness that you have very clear, clearly laid out for us today. Well, it's it's going to be, uh, you actually hear talk about it. In I mean, if you're in Europe, you do not hear the church making 
political pronunciamentos. That does not happen. In fact, the idea of people in public in Europe going around, you know, preaching about their religion and trying to convert people is considered very bad form. It's only about 20% less of the European population uh, that even identifies with a church. Yet in the United States, uh, people aren't generally aware of this, uh, but Harvard University does a study every year of religious belief in America. And we are basically off the scale when it comes to religious belief. Uh, the, the high high 90 percentile believes in God. Um, over 80 percent believes in the devil. By the way, it was a couple of popes ago, Pope Benedict, that brought back uh, exorcism. It had been uh, uh, deleted from the church canon in the Catholic Church. It's back now. It's it's a legitimate practice again. You can be possessed by the devil, and the Catholic prelate will come and fix you up. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are parts of the Western world in which this would fly. In the United States, it's going to be much more difficult, and unfortunately there is this sort of directionless, not very well-thought-out kind of new atheist movement that exists in the United States. But this is never a topic for them. In a very much the same way environmentalists never bring up the actual biggest polluter, which is the military. So, see, because that can get you in trouble. So, um, uh, I don't like the prospects much in the United States. Uh, this is a very fundamentalist, mystical population. Uh, you know, the belief in mm. angels is, you know, very oh. high. So I don't expect much from that in the U.S. But. Well, thank you for contributing today. Thank and you. you've just brought the program to a close, as a matter of fact. A very nice, smooth close. Thank you so much. Thank you all for Thank calling you. and contributing today. And I'm sure this issue is going to uh, come again before us because it's political season. And I think there's also a, a desire to plumb the depths of not just the democratic appeal, but the Catholic appeal in this election. Thanks so much, and let's talk again tomorrow. Bye-bye.